Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Treble, the horror movie podcast. And it's just Taylor and I today. Steve's Hello. out sick. How's it going, yes. Taylor? Um, sad that Steve's away, but it's good to be back at the same time. <laughs> yeah, because you were off for the last two recordings where we talked about uh, a Clint Howard double feature of Evil Speak and Ice Cream Man. Yes. Uh, but you actually watched those movies and we just didn't get your thoughts. So what did you think of uh, Evil Speak and Ice Cream Man? Um, Ice Cream Man was a, a little on the weirder side for me. It, that's one of the ones that like might require a rewatch. I don't know what everyone else's thoughts are on it, but I was mm. like, Meh, might be might be a little too strange uh, for me. Whereas uh, Evil Speak, I kind of loved. It was mm. like just this whole idea of like the secret satanic ritual and this like kind of bumbling nerdy kid like trying to get revenge on the bullies and everything yeah. uh it, I, it just wrapped up really well and i uh enjoyed it quite a bit <laughs> yeah i think we're we're all kind of the same like i know steve had never seen evil speak and he loved it mm-hmm. uh i've watched evil speak quite a few times i i love it it's such a weird movie like the fact that he summons the devil through an apple II computer and uh yeah. <laughs> just a very weird movie but the finale of that movie is just gnarly with him like cutting people's heads off and just like it's great yeah uh, oh it's great yeah. ice cream man is is a bit of more of a desired taste but <laughs> at the very least you do have david not known for american werewolf in london uh being turned into a waffle cone and that alone was worth at least one point so yes no the the absurdity of it i definitely loved uh there just wasn't a ton that like kind of brought it together in a nice neat package in, in my yeah. opinion so it was a little more uh out there in, in that sense maybe maybe a little weird in a not so not so great way compared to uh evil speak which is just weird in all the right ways <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah Clint Howard, I don't know. I was thinking of doing more Clint Howard movies, but he hasn't done a whole lot of horror movies. Like, we were talking about this last week. It's like, those are pretty much the two, like, movies that he basically starred in that were horror movies. So, there's not a whole lot of Clint Howard to do in the horror uh, fandom, at least. But, hey, you know what? Still still got to respect Clint at the end of the day. Um, but, yeah, yeah, we're talking about... Uh, well, I was going to say a Stuart Gordon double feature, but it's also a Jeffrey Combs double feature. It's also Barbara Crampton double feature. Uh, yep. It's the three of them, and they work together quite a bit. They worked on Reanimator, which we covered before. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, I can't remember if Stuart Gordon worked on Reanimator 2, but I want to say he did. Um, but yeah, we're talking about uh, two, two basically... Uh, Stuart Gordon movies. Uh, the first one is From Beyond, uh, which I I like. I don't know if I like it as much as Reanimator. I think Reanimator is just more like 
I don't know, more well-rounded of a movie. From Beyond takes bigger risk, but it's also, I don't know, a little bit messier of a movie. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It, it it seems more to be about the the effects and the, the nastiness than it is about, like, telling a, a through story or something like that. Although I kind of felt a little bit the same about the other movie that we watched this week, which is Castle Freak. So mm-hmm. it, it it's kind of interesting how they're not just similar in terms of having almost the exact same cast, but the, the, the kind of atmosphere and the storylines of the movie are, are a little similar as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. I think no matter what, like, I think they try to recapture some of the charm of Reanimator. Uh, mm-hmm. More than from beyond, like, actually, I'm, I'm always surprised when I rewatch Castle Freak, because Castle Freak seems like a movie that is more serious than the others. Yeah. Um, even though it's <laughs> some scenes are a little crazy, but like, for the most part, it seems more more straight edge, at least by their standards. Um, yeah, th- this one definitely with the more uh, alien magic portal type of uh, uh, mechanisms is a little more absurd and and ca- it gets a little campier in some areas, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what is From Beyond even about? Well, obsessive scientist Dr. Pretorius successfully discovers a way to access a parallel universe of pleasure by tapping into the brain's pineal gland. Uh, when he is seemingly killed by forces from his o- this other dimension, his assistant, Dr. Crawford Tinglist, is accused of the murder. Uh, Dr. Psychiatrist Catherine McMichaels and Detective Bubba Brownlee take the case. The trio return, risk a return to the other world in order to solve a mystery. So that's what From Beyond is all about. And uh, yeah, I, I did like the the pleasure uh, I, I don't know this, there's a weird kind of like eroticism about this movie that I don't <laughs> yeah. know what, like I don't know how I feel about it but I st- I'm in a way I'm like good on you for at least trying to do something like this you know like <laughs> that's that's something like I don't know but yeah they, they, they took the 80s mentality of let's get our female lead into the skimpiest outfit as possible but they tried to tie it into the plot a little bit you know <laughs> instead of just having it come out of nowhere <laughs> yeah well it's like in Reanimator they have Bart Crampton on the slab and like she's uh, you know fully naked and you're like I don't know if that was fully necessary but okay <laughs> Yeah, this one too is a little bit like, eh, all right, but at least they tried to make it plot relevant, you know? Like, it's part of her slowly going insane, I guess, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, So when was the first time you watched this? Was this a first time watch for you? Uh, Yes, it was. I don't even know if I have had heard of this title before uh, the podcast, so it was... Uh, I always like that, though. I like when I'm introduced to a new horror because it just widens my breadth of the movies that i've watched so yeah first time watch for me yeah and i think sometimes people like have like look i'm not i wouldn't but like i think some people will look down like oh you haven't seen this movie before but it's like that's kind of part of the part of the fun is like exploring things you never would have and kind of helps round your taste too right so you kind of start to figure out what you like and don't like like i know for a fact i'm not a found footage guy i've tried so many times to watch found footage horror movies and there's very few that I actually enjoy. So, mm-hmm. whereas I'm the exact opposite, but I think yeah. that's also just because of uh, the era of horror that I grew up in, which was like, like really catching on to the found footage, and I I also spent way too much time on the internet, so that didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's part of the part of the fun of uh, of this too. Is like, yeah, 
when you're when you were watching like the 90s phone footage movies like part of the fun was like the discourse around it all so yeah yeah um i had seen this movie a couple years before um i like i had watched a few of the Stuart gordon movies and uh this one popped up and i liked some of the other ones but i wanted to try try uh watching a few more so i watched from beyond and i, I liked it so uh, again, I don't know if I like it as much as Reanimator. I think Reanimator is still number one for me in terms of like Stuart Gordon, HP Lovecraft kind of movies, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Reanimator definitely sits above uh, From Beyond for me in terms of whether or not I would rewatch it. But I, yeah, the the characters and the plot in that one definitely were a little more well rounded and kind of connected a bit better to each other. Whereas uh, in this one and as well in Castle Frigga, similarity, similarity between them. It, it mostly is just kind of like stuff happening to the main characters and then them kind of reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe with uh, the, the scientist lady in this one, I, th- I think her character's name is Catherine, Barbara mm-hmm. Crampton's character, Yeah. Um, who her motivation is basically her becoming addicted to this machine. Um, all the other characters are kind of just like, yeah, it, reacting to things going on around them as opposed to having their own kind of plots that happen, I guess. Like everything happens in the beginning with Jeffrey Combs' character, and then he kind of just is, like, along for the ride for the rest of it, unfortunately for him. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, in, in a way, there is something I like, I really like about Stuart Gordon, is that he plays with the the actors in different ways. Like, in Reanimator, Barbara Crampton is, like, the damsel in distress. And then you've got Jeffrey Combs is, like, well, at least he's perceived at first as, like, being the villain, but then obviously it ends up he's not... In this, they kind of play around with it. They even play around with it in Castle Freak too, a little bit too, where it's like, what, like, what exactly, uh, you know, are these roles and how can they flip it around? So I kind of liked in this one that like Barbara Crampton's the like, I guess she's kind of the villain, or at least she's more antagonistic than she was in maybe say Reanimator. So yeah, yeah, she she's like verging on the villain. If if she had let the machine take over the same way that dr pretorius had let it then i that actually could have been kind of a cool plot if the final battle was between uh jeffrey combs and barbara crampton and and she's like taken over by the monster and i'm just riffing now but that would also be kind of cool <laughs> yeah yeah exactly if they ever do a from beyond remake i you know i i would love to see a movie where the, there's all evil like just let jeffrey combs barbara crampton both be evil Ooh. yeah that would be really cool, actually. They could do it in a similar way that, like, the atmosphere of uh, Colorado Space was, because it's also kind of Lovecraftian, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like they would, do, they could do a pretty good job with that. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a couple of emails. Uh, Ian says, "Not too many mainstream Lovecraft stories or concepts out there. Would love to see some HP love so, like, as an HP mm. Lovecraft." Yep. Yep. I think. I, we... I... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I love anything with the weird creatures, especially from the 80s, because they always went so ham with the physical effects and like all the monsters and the prop making and shit like that. Yeah, uh, I'm always, always down for that. And then, I mean, yeah, recently Color Out of Space came out. I guess that was a few years ago now. Um, but mm. all, all of the atmosphere involved with that, where it's just kind of weirdy, absurd, and you're not always sure what the fuck is going on. Just I, I love it all. <laughs> yeah. And I love this idea that like everyone has their idea in their heads that like uh something like hp lovecraft is more sci like aliens based 
But there is like more to it than that. And I kind of like watching the stuff where it's like alternate dimensions and other stuff like that. Like, there's so much more to HP Lovecraft than just it's aliens. Like, yeah. So, they... just any any kind of weird cryptid creature is great. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, Maria says I really liked Reanimator, but found Beyond or From Beyond a bit lacking. It felt shallow and underdone. Mm. Yeah. I kind of agree. I like that there's there is some different ideas they're doing with this, but yeah, it doesn't feel as cohesive, which is I yeah. guess maybe where you get the shallowness and the underdone from. Like it just it feels like they they're they don't quite develop the ideas as much as they they could. So yeah, it, it's not quite a movie that sucks you in as much as like Reanimator does, where you're like, I need to watch it, see what happens to these characters and their crazy antics. Yeah. It, it is more something like you kind of look at the screen and go, oh, that was kind of sick. That prop was kind of sick. And then you yeah. just, yeah, that, that's kind of the, that's kind of what you watch this movie for, in my opinion, is is more so the, the gore and the nastiness. <laughs> yeah. Like it actually kind of reminds me a little bit of society a little bit, although yeah. I do think society is a little more well-rounded, but like similarly where like society is like maybe not the greatest movie, but like you show up for the effects at the end there. Yeah, like and kind of... oh god. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, you're following the characters a little bit more in that one than maybe in this one too. But yeah, yeah, I would hundred percent agree. Uh, we got a couple of words here to give out. Uh, best line, I put. I thought I told you to get dressed. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, this that uh, lines in this one were definitely what lent a little bit more to the campiness of it. Um, there was the old lady that was calling the police on them originally, and she says something like, you said you'd send a squad car the next time there was a disturbance. Well, I'm disturbed. Yeah. I thought that was funny. And then the Bubba, the character, uh, who he just always seems to kind of know what's going on and wants to get the fuck out, and I felt really bad for him when he ended up dying. Mm-hmm. Um, he had some good lines that were like, uh, I think... Uh, Barbara Crampton's character was talking about restarting the machine and he said were we in the same nightwear did we not all just almost get eaten by an it uh, and then another line where she goes don't you understand this is the greatest discovery since some random scientist first looked in through a microscope and saw an amoeba and then he goes yeah but he wasn't down there with their uh, he wasn't down there with the amoebas um, so he just has all these lines that it's like oh man he knew from the get go that this was going to be a bad time um, yeah and then it just turns out pretty bad for him. But I'll save that for best kill. <laughs> yeah, there was a pretty gnarly kills in this. So yeah. Um. All right, we've got uh, best performance. Who'd you put for best performance? Um. Well, at the top, I put the the whoever made the props and all did all the effects for this. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess other than that, I it was kind of a toss up for me between Jeffrey Combs and Barbara Crampton, but I don't know if anyone's performance in particular super stood out to me as being like amazing. Yeah. I I agree. I think it's between those two. I do like Ken Forhee in this, but I feel like he doesn't really stand out like he does in some other roles. Um, I'll give like the slight edge to, I guess to Barbara Crampton because I feel like she at least had a bit more to work with. It felt like Jeffrey Combs' character was a little more one dimensional not like to say he is one dimensional but he just i don't know i don't think he really had as much going on as barbara crampton in this movie 
Yeah, and it's actually interesting that you say that uh, after earlier you were mentioning how their roles were kind of reversed, where Jeffrey Combs is kind of playing the damsel in distress role more, and usually whoever is playing that role doesn't get a lot of uh, character development or anything like that, so that actually kind of makes sense. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking, like, you know, this is not Jeffrey Combs' time to shine. He is a great actor, but I think, like, you look at something like Reanimator or... um, I'd even argue like his role in Castle Freak is better than this. Um, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Uh, best kill. What'd you put for best kill? Um, as weird as it was to have, I, I'm assuming later on in the film, maybe a little bit of clarification here. The way that he is killing people when he's like kind of turned into this alien creature is by sucking their brains out through their eyeball. Does that sound right? Does yes. that is that kind of what's going on? Yeah. Because um, that was definitely a little weird. Those kills were also just a little underwhelming because we didn't actually get to see him, like, suck a brain out. You know, he just kind of, like, noms on their eyeball for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so I think my favorite kill from this movie was when Bubba was eaten by... I, I think it was flies or some... Whatever creatures were coming out and, like, swarming uh, that one time that the... Uh, resonator got opened up that was pretty gnarly and he's just like lying on the ground with his guts all hanging out basically that i think that was probably my favorite yeah there wasn't like there was a lot of off-screen kills in this which kind of made it a little uh yeah um yeah there was the the paramedic that got their like skull bashed in that was pretty good Mm mm-hmm um, but yeah, like there was like, there, when the house explodes, like a few people die, and then there was like a lot of on-screen. There wasn't like a lot of on-screen kills in this. I was yeah. a little, little disappointed. I mean, I yeah, mean, they... oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say they they probably had to spend a lot of the budget uh, in terms of uh, effects on the crazy slimy monster doctor or whatever who uh, after he gets a little mute mutated. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, like they. They definitely still, like, there's still some good effects, but it's all, it's not really focused on kills. It's more, like, creature effects and stuff like that, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, dumbest decision in this movie? Um, literally any time they turned the machine on. Um, yeah. I also have when Bubba threw his flashlight down, which I didn't quite understand why he did that right before he died. Um, but he did, and it probably led to his death, so that's a pretty dumb decision. Yeah. I put, yeah, convert, and he, basically, yeah. <laughs> like, that whole kill felt, like, basically totally preventable, so. Yeah, yeah, and I just felt bad for him, because, yeah, again, he's the only character who's this whole time been, like, we should get the fuck out of here, and, like, nobody yeah. listens to him. <laughs> yeah, and then he gets taken taken down, like, I don't know, because so, that's like, such a chump, really. It's like, really, that's how you go out? That was very disappointing. I think I even oddly was like, oh, come on. Yeah. Like, really? Good gore, though. Good effects. But yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Worth it for that, at least. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about score? What are we thinking for a score for this movie? Mm-hmm. It's tough because I really... Some of the... Like, just individual scenes where the, the props and effects are really good. I, like, I want to buy into it. But I just can't. It, there are just some parts of the movie that I almost couldn't really 
like it was just a little boring. It felt like there wasn't a ton going on and they were trying to make plot where there wasn't really that much plot. It was just kind of characters getting addicted to this machine and needing to go back and that, that was kind of it. So it's hard for me to say. I almost want to go as low as a six for this one. Okay. I Yeah. No, that's that's totally fair. I'm I'm thinking a seven out of ten. Hmm. Like I still had fun. I just felt like there was a, a, quite a few things holding it back from being greater. And like for context, like I would give Reanimator like a nine out of ten, maybe even a ten out of ten some days. But like, yeah, this is closer to a seven. This is not quite as good. Although I w arguably do like Castle Freak more than this, so. Yeah, I, it's so hard for me to say because uh, having watched these almost back to back, there are times when I actually confuse the two. <laughs> like there are times when I forget that there isn't a, a mutant doctor character in Castle Freak and it's like, oh no, it's just the Castle Freak. Right, okay, it's just Castle yeah. Freak. You're like, um, when's the Castle Freak going to come in and save Ken Voorhees? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when's someone going to get hit over the head with a big chain? Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so I don't I don't know. I, I forget what score I gave Reanimator. I have to go back and see, but it's definitely way above way above from beyond. So Yeah. And it's I actually I would tell people too, like if you didn't like Reanimator, you probably don't want to watch these because I think it like makes Reanimator seem a lot better in comparison. So Yeah, I was gonna say that this watching this actually makes me want to go back and watch Reanimator now just because of how much fun I remember having with it. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Well, Steve is not here, but you can go find him, the Steve Dead on Twitter. And he's got his radio shows and all that other stuff. So but I think if you go on his Twitter page, he's got links for all that. So go check that mm -hmm. out. Go check that out. He's not here, but go check it out. Uh, Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Um, when I'm hanging out on the internet, I'm usually hanging out on Instagram or Twitch. My usernames are Techronomicon. Um, at some point, I will have a shiny website that also has a little more information about the stuff that I do. Uh, the URL for that is circianic.home.blog. And I update my scores for the movies we watch on Letterboxd. I've been really good about doing that with the movies recently. So follow me on there if you want to see... Well, I, I won't say that I post the scores super early before the episodes come out, but fairly early. So you can see my scores posted there before the episodes come out, if you're curious. Yeah, like get it a little bit ahead of time. So Yeah, although I, I'm not always consistent. So if you see a score that's different on Letterboxd than what I say on the podcast, don't don't maybe be surprised by that either. <laughs> don't fire off an email being like, it's different than the actual episode. <laughs> I know some people have said that to me that I'm like, cause like I sometimes give scores that are different when I'm actually like doing the thing. And I find sometimes like the conversation we have, like kind of clarifies some things or like kind of yeah. changes my opinion. And I'm like, okay, it's usually not by much, but like just small little bits. And sometimes I'm like, okay, never thought of it that way. Okay. I'll bump it up or likewise I've, I've lowered scores too. So yeah. If yeah. Uh, the letterbox scores are not a hundred percent, don't get too mad. Yeah, I will admit that From Beyond and Castle Freak were two movies that I was kind of waiting for our conversation to fully figure out how I felt about them. So might end up changing my scores later. We'll see. Yeah. Cool. Well, until next time, where we're going to talk about Castle Freak. Bye for now.